Amen. Second Kings chapter 13, beginning at verse number 14. The Bible says, Now Elisha was fallen sick of the sickness whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. Everybody say, Bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows, and he said unto the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it, and Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward, and he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot, and he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance. That's what I feel like is going to be released in this service today. The arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. It was the will of God for the Syrians to be consumed. Or another word for that is for Israel to have dominion over their enemy. And he said, take arrows, the same weaponry that brought deliverance. It was the will of God for it to also bring dominion and he took them and said unto the king of Israel smite upon the ground and he smote three times and he stayed and the man of God was wroth with him mad at him and said thou shouldest have smitten five or six times then hadst thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it or had dominion over it whereas now you're only going to have temporary victory where you could have had permanent deliverance, you settled for temporary victory. I want to preach to you for the next few moments with the help of the Holy Ghost, understanding dominion. It is the will of God for you to walk out of this place, not just delivered, but for you to have dominion over your adversary. For you to have dominion over what has had you bound. For you to have whatever it is. Through the power of the name of Jesus that we just sang about, it is the will of God for you to leave this place more than a conqueror. If you believe that, I want you to lift your hands all over this house. I want you to call upon the name of the Lord right now. Ask that he would give you a boldness in this service. Ask that he would give you a boldness to do what he is calling us to do. Lord, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for what I feel in this atmosphere. I ask right now, God, that you would anoint me, give me strength, Lord, to preach your word like I feel it. Oh, God, we feel it from the top of our head to the soles of our feet in this place right now. Loosed by the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, deliverance into this place, Lord. Let the arrow of the Lord's deliverance visit us, oh, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it, we believe it, and we receive it in Jesus' name. If you believe you're going to leave this place forever changed, forever different by the power of the Word of God and by the authority that's in the name of Jesus, I want you one more time to lift your hands and shout unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. Magnify the Lord. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. Come on, that's it. Magnify him with your voice. 
Amen, amen, amen. Clap your hands one more time as you're being seated in Jesus' name. The first thing that we must look at in understanding the power of deliverance is that it came through a man of God guiding the king's hand. I want to say this here today that we need a man of God in our life. God has given you a pastor after his own heart. And I want to tell you here today that it is through the guidance of the man of God's hand on your life that through the power of the Holy Ghost and the leading of your pastor as the under shepherd to the chief shepherd, that God will allow you to have deliverance in your life. Do you believe that here today? I believe with everything within me, the necessity of having a pastor in my life. And I think you ought to thank God every day. You ought to pray every day. You ought to lift up the hands of your man of God every day because he prays, he believes, and he intercedes on your behalf that God would do things in your life. I grew up in the home of a pastor. I know the weight that a pastor carries beyond the four doors of a church building. And we need to thank God every day for a pastor and for leadership in a church that is guiding us in the path of this apostolic truth. In a world that doesn't know what truth is, we need to thank God that we have a man of God that still preaches Acts 2.38, that still preaches baptism in Jesus' name, that still preaches holy living, that still preaches this wonderful, matchless gospel. The Bible says that his arrow was leased toward Aphek. When you look at that word, it literally means that it was headed towards what was being contained or restrained. And so you have to understand that the purpose of the arrow of deliverance is to take what is restraining you off of you. It is the purpose of the will of God in this service today that before this service concludes that the arrow of the Lord's deliverance would visit what is restraining you and what is containing you from living a life of freedom through and by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want to pause here and take a time out and tell you that the greatest arrow of deliverance that you will ever receive is the day that you are baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We believe and practice and know that the gospel is the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For us to die the death with Jesus means that we have to repent of our sins. That word repent simply means one simple thing to turn from. If we are all here on the path of wickedness and we turn from wickedness in repentance, what does that mean? The opposite of wickedness is righteousness. And the Bible teaches us that there is only one 
one that is righteous, and that is the Lord. And so when you repent of your sins and you turn from righteousness, there's only one thing that you can see, and that is the Lord Almighty standing there with open arms to bring you into this wonderful salvation and gospel truth. The next thing that you have to understand is you must be buried with him. Uh, the only way to be buried with him according to baptism is buried uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of your sins. Uh, nowhere in scripture was anybody buried in the Father, the Son, or the Holy Ghost. Uh, but I can show you multiple places uh, where they baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, because there is only salvation in the name of Jesus and the greatest deliverance you will ever have is when you come up out of the watery grave of baptism and you feel the liberty of sin and shame and guilt and condemnation washing off of you friend you must be buried with him in baptism wherefore old things are passed away and all things become new there's nothing like baptism in Jesus name but we also must be resurrected and the only way that that happens is that that same spirit which was in Christ also dwell in you. You've got to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The only way according to scripture to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost friend is after you have repented of your sins. God will begin to fill you with himself. That happens through praise and worship. As you are praising and worshiping him, it's all of a sudden, it's a river that begins to flow up out of your your belly. Isaiah said it this way with stammering lips and another tongue. We see that in the book of Acts, they spoke with tongues. And we understand that as they spoke with tongues and Peter said, this promise is not just for them, friend. It's for you. It's for your children, your children's children and all. Someone say, this is me and all that are far off. I want to preach to you today. There's no deliverance like the delivering power of the Holy Ghost. It will pick you up. It will turn you around and it will place your feet on the solid rock that is Christ Jesus. The foundation, the cornerstone of everything that we are. You must be born again of water and of spirit. You must repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And let me tell you, repentance is not enough. Uh, they were asked, uh, oh, what were baptism were you baptized unto? We were baptized unto John's baptism. What baptism is that? It's the baptism unto repentance. Friend, uh, don't you know uh, that as great as repentance is, uh, there's something greater than that, uh, and that's the baptism of Holy Ghost uh, and fire. Oh, hallelujah. There's nothing like being filled with the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something. It is the greatest deliverance you will ever see. I've seen people lay cigarettes on an altar never to touch them again. I've seen people changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
That is the greatest arrow of deliverance that will ever be released in your life. And it is in our text that we see that it was the arrow of deliverance that he wanted to visit Syria so that they could have dominion over Syria. I want to say this and I want you to hear me. If you look, the very same arrows that brought deliverance were supposed to be used to bring dominion. You need to hear what I just said. Repentance and prayer and seeking the Lord is what brought the initial deliverance in your life. And prayer and seeking the Lord is what's going to bring you walking in a realm that is not just delivered, but walking in a realm that has dominion over your adversary. And so you must understand here today that you cannot change weaponry after the arrow of deliverance visits you. Uh, He used the same arrows. Uh, It was the same weaponry. Uh, It's still the power of the name of Jesus uh, that helps us live a life above sin. Uh, It is still the Holy Ghost uh, and walking after the Spirit uh, that helps us be the sons uh, of God that he has called us to be. Uh, It is a Spirit-led life uh, that elevates us out of who we were and keeps us walking in the realm of dominion. You cannot change your weaponry two years into this, five years into this, ten years into this. I know it seems simple and I know it seems elementary, but let me tell you, it works. Prayer still works. Fasting still works. Reading the word of God still works. I'm going to say it again. Prayer still works. Uh, Reading the word still works. Uh, Fasting still works. Uh, I'll say it a third time. Uh, Prayer still works. Uh, Reading the word of God still works. Fasting still works. Uh, Being not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Uh, That's what Romans teaches us. Uh, How do you do that? You walk after the spirit uh, and so not fulfill the lust uh, of the flesh. Don't change your weaponry. Don't change your weaponry. Young people, don't change your weaponry. Parents, don't change your weaponry. Elders, don't change your weaponry. We've come this far. If it worked for my dad and my grandfather and my great-grandfather, it's going to work in the world that we're living today. It still takes a praying church. It still takes a fasting church. It still takes a church based in the word of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He looked at him. He said, you take that same weaponry. Don't change the weaponry. The very same arrows that brought deliverance. He said, I want you to take those arrows and I want you to smite the earth. Everybody said, smite the earth. He told him, I want you to take the arrows. Now listen to what scripture says and smite the earth. If you would allow me just to take you on an idea of imagery here. What was man formed from? The dust of the ground. We came from the earth. And when man fell, we fell into sin. And so I believe that this is a a, a look into how we are supposed to achieve dominion. 
because I want to tell you this. When God brought man out of the earth, he then handed him dominion to rule over what he brought him out of. It has never been the will of God for him to bring you out of the world and then the world have rule over you. It has never been the will of God for him to bring you out for there in turn what he brought you out of to rule over your mind or rule over your family or rule over your life. It is not to know. He said, Adam, I brought you out of the earth and then I gave you dominion over what I brought you out of. And so it's very plain and it's very simple. I see that, that this, this beautiful imagery in scripture. He tells him, take those arrows and smite the earth. I see this as he tells him to smite the earth. He's saying, you've got to learn how to put the flesh into subjection. And you got to do it with the same weaponry, prayer, fasting, and the word. It's those arrows that brings your flesh to an altar and allows you to live a life above sin and operate in dominion. It is not the will of God for God's people to be downtrodden, for God's people to be addicted, for God's people to be sad, for God's people to always be heavy, for us to not have the joy of the Lord. For Come on. I know trouble comes to us all. I know we're going to go through things. I know we're going to struggle. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it's not always supposed to be that way. Hey, and even in the storm, I still got the Holy Ghost. And even in the trial, I still and so he told him, he said, take those arrows and smite the earth. And we understand that the king takes the arrows and he smites the earth once and he smites the earth twice and he smites the earth three times and then he stays and the man of God was angry and frustrated with him because he said had you have continued to fight the good fight of faith have you have continued to put the flesh into subjection? Have you had continued to smite the earth? You wouldn't have had deliverance. You would have had dominion. And I'm here today to tell you that a life with the Lord is a life he intends for you to live in dominion where you don't just get through, but you live as the lender and not the power, as the head and not the tail as above I want to preach against a depressed mind. I want to preach to a weary soul. I want to preach to somebody in the fight of your life. It's not time to quit smiting the earth. It's not time to quit this fight. It's time to rise up and realize you've got the right weaponry. You've got everything. Let's just worship for a minute. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right now.
The image you bear is what will produce dominion. Let me go ahead and talk about that for just a moment. The Bible said he formed man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into him. Man became a living soul, and he gave him dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. He said, I'm giving you dominion. There's a lot of that you can study into the three elements. Uh, cattle represented wealth. The, the fish of the sea represented what was under, under the surface, things you can't see. And the fowl of the air represents the prince and the power of the air. God doesn't just want you to have dominion over the devil. He wants you to have dominion over the hidden man that nobody sees. God doesn't want you to just have dominion over the hidden man that nobody sees. God wants you to have dominion over your finances as well. There are three levels of dominion God wants every single one of us to have as a child of God. So you look at the three levels of dominion and you see that when Adam and Eve fall, the Bible says that they, they, they fell. And when they did, they begin to, to put on themselves these garments and these things. And, and, and God comes into the garden and he calls for them, Adam, where art thou? And, and, and he hides himself from the presence of God. What did he do? He lost his image. Man was at one with God. Man was in communion with God, but then man fell. And because of Adam's fall, Adam gave us all an image unto death. And so you have to understand that the image that you bear closely relates and is your access to dominion. That's why the Bible teaches us that where the first Adam failed, Jesus, the second Adam succeeded. And if death reigned by one, how much more do we reign now with Christ, the one who died for our sins? And so where the first Adam failed with the image, the second Adam, Christ, he succeeded in giving us an image of which is a life after dominion. I'm trying to hurry because I want to get through this today. And so this life of dominion is always closely related to whose image are you bearing? Because the Bible teaches us that we have an image that is sown in the natural man and the image that is sown unto Christ now. When you are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I no longer bear my image. But if I am in Christ, I bear the image of Christ. And the Bible teaches us that Christ is seated in heavenly places. And so he is far above all principality, all powers, all rulers, all might, and all dominions. And so as long as I am possessing the right image, I have access unto dominion. But the issue is this. You have to get up every day and you have to get in Christ Jesus. Do you mind if I just preach to you for just a minute? The answer is still daily devotion. The answer is still walking after the Spirit. And I want to preach to every guest that's here today. I want to preach to every new convert that's here today. I want to pause here and just talk to you. When you are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, God did not call you out of that for you to return to the life that he brought you out of. I know you're in the struggle between the flesh 
flesh and the spirit. But if you'll keep praying, if you'll keep believing, if you'll plug into this church, if you'll plug into a small group, if you'll come to the altar, even when you don't want to, if you'll wake up and pray and read the word, there is a life above addiction. There is a life above depression. There is a life above anxiety. Come on, somebody. There is a life above it all. And it's in Christ Jesus. If you believe that, praise him. If you believe that, worship. The Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians 15, 44. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. You have a natural man and you have a redeemed man. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You have two natures every day that you wake up and you've got to decide who's going to win. Is the fleshly man or the spirit man going to win? You've got to make up in your mind when you wake up tomorrow the deliverance I'm about to receive in this altar call. It will not end when I get in my car and I will not wake up to the depression or the addiction or the suicidal thoughts. But when I get up in the morning, I'm going to plug back in to what I felt at Atlanta West. You need to silence every lying spirit. Man, I feel an apostolic boldness over me. Every lying spirit of hell that's telling you, you have to live with it. You have to deal with it. You just have to get used to it. It's got to become a part of your identity. No, it does not. You are not... Come on, let's worship right now. I feel that bow with the arrow drawn back. I feel that bow with the arrow drawn back. First of all, the enemy only fights what he fears. Everybody say the enemy only fights what he fears. Second of all, the only way the enemy is allowed to attack you is if he gains permission from the Lord. Those are the things you have to understand. We learned that in Job's attack. He came up to heaven and he petitioned God and he said such and such and he wanted to inflict Job, but the hedge of the Lord was upon him and the Lord had to remove the hedge. Now watch. And then he set the parameter for the attack. He said, you can do this and this and this and this. 
Nowhere in scripture do I see Satan showing up in Job's bedroom saying, I'm about to take your family. I'm about to take your wealth. I'm about to take your livestock. I'm about to take your barns. I'm about to take your servants. I'm going to make you hate your friends and I'm going to make your wife say this, that, and the other. Nowhere in scripture do you see him coming to Job and relaying to him what he was going to do. He leaves heaven and he begins the attack. What should that tell you and should that tell me that should tell you and I that if you hear the enemy saying it he has not got proper jurisdiction to execute it on behalf of heaven he is the father of lies and in him is no truth I'm not afraid of his voice I'm not afraid of his mouth because if he's saying it he does not have jurisdiction to do it I don't know if I've shared this story here or not. If I haven't, act like I have. have if I have, act like I have. One time, when I was younger, with John's, we talked. I, I like to fish. I like to hunt and do those things. But I grew up in California. And here's the issue with California. There's not a lot of hunting and fishing out there. I mean, there's a little bit. But where we lived in Southern California, it was like 30 bucks. And you can only keep like five fish. It was just miserable. I hated fishing there. It, it was just horrible. Well... I think I'm, I'm past the ability where I can be prosecuted, so hopefully this doesn't get too far out there on my street. <laughs> my brothers and I uh, happened to stumble upon a hole in the fence at this reservoir that was protected for drinking water, and you were not allowed to fish in this reservoir. There were some signs that suggested that we weren't there. Uh, we didn't cut the fence. I'll be honest. We found the hole in it. I did not cut it. We, we found that. We did not damage any property in the process other than some of the lures that I'm sure are still at the bottom of the lake. However, we figured out that at nighttime, uh, we could sneak into that hole in the fence and we'd hike about 200 yards with a duffel bag uh, full of lures. And then on the way back, it would be full of fish because <laughs> we didn't want to make a lot of noise. And so we learned if you put them in a duffel bag, they don't flop as loud and all that fun stuff. A little bit easier to carry than us hauling around a, an ice chest through the middle of a field. And so we learned uh, that, that, that we could sneak in there and we could catch big striper bass, the good ones. The, uh, the, I mean, just some good fighting fish. Pound for pound, I think stripers are some of the hardest fighting in freshwater. Just fun to catch. And so we were catching and wearing them out. Uh, but I did notice on my way in uh, a sign that said no trespassing. Uh, granted... Uh, uh, I was following my older brothers, and so I, I have, you know, I, I can't be held responsible. I was just following their lead for what they were doing. And this is, I've repented since, since then. I was like 12. It was, you know, don't, don't worry. I, I repented. So hopefully y'all still hear what I'm saying. However, that sign said, you know, no trespassing. Violators will be prosecuted. Thankfully, we didn't get caught trespassing. I'm going to be met with a, with a SWAT team when I get to Atlanta airport. I feel it right now. <laughs> but we did a little trespassing. We did it, and, you know, however it was what it was. Uh, but, but that sign, it always sticks out to me. Now, where my dad lives in the south and where I live in Florida, they're not as nice. It doesn't say things like violators will be prosecuted. It says if you get trespassing, we're probably just going to go ahead and shoot you. 
because you're on our property. We don't trip in California. We trespass. We don't do that in the South. That's just not smart. You just get shot there. And so uh, I, I learned that that sign sent out a warning to people that were coming on the property <laughs> that they were there illegally and had somebody have caught me infringing on where I wouldn't have been. They would have had full legal authority to remove me from the premises because I had no jurisdiction to be in that area. And the devil is living rent free on some property in your life that has a no trespassing sign posted on it. And some of you had just made up in your mind. It's cool for him to be there. You're going to let him talk to your children. You're going to let him whisper to you all night long. Keep you up. You're going to let him lie like only he can do lie. And he has not got permission to do what he's saying he was going to do. Had he have had the permission, he would have never told you. He just would have showed up and just started doing it. You know what some of us need to do here today? You need to get the revelation of proper jurisdiction and you need to look at your enemy right dead in the eyes and let him know you have no authority here you're not welcome here I either we are heirs or we're not heirs either we are sons and daughters of God or we are not sons and daughters of God and if you're baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost some of y'all need to square your shoulders grit your teeth and it's time for you to let the devil know you're not welcome in my house you're not welcome talking to my kids A little while ago, I was going to preach in Clearwater, Florida for Brother Ballestero. Great man, great church. But that, that city is bound by a lot of darkness, like a lot of cities are. And, and I was taught by an elder in my life, you always enter the city in Jesus' name. You pray the covering. When you go into a city to minister, you pray the covering. You say, I enter this city in Jesus' name, and I pray to not engage to the spirit world until you are ready for me to engage with it. And God will protect your virtue until the time of appointment. But I forgot to pray that. We were driving across the Clearwater Bridge, and I didn't pray that prayer. And as we came into the city, we got to the hotel that night. I was trying to go to sleep, and for some reason, the enemy likes to mess with my wife, which I'm not a real big fan of. And so we were laying in bed, and my wife said, babe, I'm being tormented so hard. She began to talk to me. She said, babe, my mind, my mind's under attack. I don't know what's going on. This is not how I normally think. This is not how now I normally operate. I was also taught by that same man of God. When you enter into a city and you think thoughts that are not normally yours, you're feeling the principality of that city coming against you. And so while we entered into the city and we were laying in bed, she said, babe, she said, I, I can't sleep. She said, I, I can't. And I said, all right. I said, I said, let's sit up. So we sit up in bed. And I looked right at her. I said, babe, I'm going to lay my hands on you. I put my hand on her head. I said, by the authority of the word of God and the power that's in the name of Jesus, you have no legal jurisdiction to be doing this. You have no right to be tormenting my wife. I command you to get out of our hotel room. I plead the blood over our minds. We will rest well until we are ready to go to church tomorrow in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I laid back down and I closed my eyes. And about three minutes later, I looked over and she was, Because he had no right to be touching a daughter of the Most High God. 
you need to get some backbone. You need to get little gumption today because I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance is about to be loose over this body and you got to wake up in the morning and put on the Lord Jesus Christ because you there's faith rising. Do you feel that? Come on. Speak some things. Proclaim some things. Declare some things. Come on. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. Come on. Let's worship right now. Ah. I feel a little fight coming into this house. I said, I feel a little fight coming into this house. It's time for you to not smite the earth once or twice. It's time for you not to quit until the chains break, until the sickness leaves, until the spirit of infirmity leaves. It's time for you not to quit until the atmosphere shifts. It's time for you not to stop until God breaks every... Come on, Atlanta West. God's trying to break something right now. Lincoln in Sunday school. Lincoln's in Sunday school. Jump up here. Romans 13, 14. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and so not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Everybody say that. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and so not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It is not the will of God for you to constantly be dealing with temptation. It is not the will of God for you to constantly be in struggle. It is the will of God for you to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. My wife lives in, used to live in Alaska. I live in Florida. I learned a long time ago. I shouldn't dress in Florida like I dress in Alaska. And I shouldn't dress in Alaska like I dress in Florida. It's cold there. It's so cold. It hurts. It hurts so bad. And if I had my wind pants on and a t-shirt on and some flip-flops, or I hate flip-flops, I don't wear them. Tennis shoes on. I hate feet. I wouldn't have mine if I didn't need them to walk with them. But I learned something. I'm going to check the weather, and I'm going to prepare myself for the elements that are out of my control. Because I can't control the elements that are there. But I can prepare myself to be properly armored when I step out into elements that are out of my control. And too many times we're trying to battle spiritual wickedness in high places. Principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness in our own might. And then we wonder why we're so wore out and defeated and constantly bound by so much. You want to know the access to dominion and how you get dominion? Are you ready? Getting back to a relationship with God. Getting back to truly having a walk with the Lord. It's not overrated. It's everything it's cracked out to be. Prayer is your greatest weapon. 
Fasting is your greatest weapon. The word of the Lord is your greatest weapon. I was taught to live a fasted life by my father. He said, if there's ever a day you can't say no, that means it's that the day you need to fast. He said, you should wake up every day and you should try to say no to something. And if you can't, it's time to climb up on the altar and die flesh, die. The Lord says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the word of the Lord says. The NIV says, wear him like a garment. No wonder Jesus said, enter into the closet to pray. Climb up on the altar. Grab the arrows that God has given me. Not change weaponry. And smite the earth in prayer. And smite the earth in the word. And pray until I'm out of my nature. And into my new nature. When I get in the new nature. Then I step into heavenly places. Bible says in Ephesians that we are seated with him in heavenly places. You literally pray yourself out of one nature and into the next. Hey, and sometimes one time of prayer isn't enough for Dylan because my flesh is strong. Sometimes while I'm in the middle of Atlanta airport or some airport, I got to pause and I got to step away from the crowd and I got to sit down. I got to say, God, you got to help me right now. I don't know why my flesh is rising up, but I give it to you. I lay it on the altar. I don't have to shout, dance, boogaloo, talk in tongues and be all crazy about it because it's a relationship. I'm not always screaming at my wife. I'm not always going to scream at God. It's a relationship. It's communion. It's talking. It's walking. It's living together. It's him knowing me and me knowing him. Me knowing his impressions. Uh, me knowing when he's calling me, drawing me. And when I wake up and I pray myself out of one nature into the next. And I take my seat in a heavenly place. Uh, then I put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just going to drink it over here. It's wet. You may not want to put your arm <laughs> It's going to be better for you. And now, Barrett, when Barrett goes out in the world, the world no longer sees Barrett. Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, things that he cannot fight on his own, no longer see Barrett. They just see Jesus. And now, Barrett can just walk through life. Yes, things are going to happen. Yes, things are going to be said. Yes, you're going to go through things. But when you're walking with the Lord, everything just gets easier. Life gets more simple. Now, all of a sudden, you've got love and peace and joy and temperance and goodness and meekness and gentleness. Why? Because you're not living in your old nature. You've accessed dominion. You're starting to understand the realm of dominion. God does not want you to be bound. God does not want you depressed. God does not want you anxious. God does not want you addicted. God does not want your marriage falling apart. God does not want you... Come on. You just got to get in Jesus. And when you get in Jesus, everything gets better. Everything gets more simple. The world just starts working. Thank you, buddy. 
everything just gets more simple. Stand with me. The Lord spoke to me this morning at my desk. I said it in the first service during altar call. I'm going to say it again. Made it very clear. that The arrow of the Lord's deliverance is going to be deliverance that hits this place today. During that second, that last song, the Lord moved on me to change what I was preaching and preach this. And I want you to hear me right now. If you will allow God, the bow of the Lord and the arrow of deliverance is drawing back over this service right now. It's drawn back and chains are about to break off of people. Generational curses. That is a lie from hell. You're a part of a new generation. Your lineage is no longer what it used to be. Your lineage is now in Christ Jesus. I feel, a, I feel an anointing and a boldness coming over me right now. I'm here today to tell a guest and a visitor that's here. You know how you can break through addiction? Let me tell you, AA meetings are great, but they don't always work. All of these things are great that we have in the world. We love them. We do them, but they don't always work. Let me tell you what works 100% of the time. Jesus. And if you'll get to this altar today, you'll lift your hands and repent of your sins. You're going to feel the greatest deliverance that's ever come to your life. Uh, burdens are going to come off of you. Chains are going to break off of you. And when you're baptized in Jesus' name, when you wake up tomorrow, you have access to a new nature. And you have the ability to get into heavenly realms. This altar will not be for everybody. And that's all right. But if you're here. And you need deliverance in your life, whatever it may be from, whatever it may be from. You need the arrow of deliverance to visit you. This altar is open right now. I'm asking you to come to the altar. That's it. There's more. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. My, my, my. Please don't let pride rob you of this deliverance today. Come on, there's more. Man, there's some husbands and wives that need to run to this altar right now. Your marriage is in shambles, and it's not the will of God for it to be that way. There's some first-time visitors that are here. You don't know why you're here, but you're tired of living the life that you're living. You're tired of waking up and needing the alcohol, needing the pills. I'm telling you, the arrow of deliverance is ready to be released in this house right now. There's some more people. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because there's more that need to come. Please don't crowd the aisles. Press into the altar. Press into the altar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't be afraid to link up with somebody and say, hey, if you can't come by yourself, I'm going to come with you because it's not the will of God for you to leave here as you've come. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. There's a few more that need to make your way. We're going to wait for just a moment. For those of you that are here, would you just begin to pray? Would you just begin to ask God to work on your heart right now? If you need to have a moment of repentance, I'm asking you to repent right now. Let's begin repentance. There's a few more that need to make your way to this altar right now. There's a few more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. That's it. Some of you that don't want to come to the altar, I'm pleading with you right now. Make your way to this altar. The altar is where the fire is going to fall right now. By one act of obedience, listening to the preacher saying, come to the altar. I believe God. I believe God is going to honor your step of faith when you step in this altar today. 
That's it. That's it. That's it. Let's have a moment of collective repentance right now. If you're here, let's ask God to cleanse us, wash us, renew us. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful. A few more moments. Let's repent for a few more moments. Ask God to wash you, cleanse you, get anything out of the way that would get in the way of you getting what he wants you to have right now. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just talk to him just for a few more moments. Get your heart ready. Get your heart right. This is not out of line. This is not out of order. We need to get our hearts ready right now. We're preparing our hearts right now for what God's going to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For just a moment, for just a moment, if I can have your attention, I feel like we're ready for the next level of instruction for just a moment. One of the things that I said, and it's scripturally based, he stopped short. He only smote the earth three times and he stopped. And the man of God said, I'm angry with you. You should have kept going because had you have continued, this wouldn't have been temporary. It would have been permanent. I'm charging some of you who are tired with the same old, same old today. I'm charging you in the name of the Lord. Do not quit pressing until you feel it break. Whether that's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or if you're the only one left in this altar praying, your hunger right now will dictate your deliverance. Are you tired of it? Are you sick of the same old, same old? God sees your hunger right now. God sees your desire right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. The perfect love of God just moved in here. And that is the true source of the gifts of the Spirit. That is the true source of all deliverance is love. Is love. Love is what fuels faith. Love is what fuels the gifts. It's all love. Now, I'm going to speak what's called the word of faith in just a moment. When I speak the word of faith, I just want you to begin to worship and praise the Lord. For those of you that are seeking the Holy Ghost for the first time, you're going to begin to say things you have never said before. The Bible says with stammering lips and another tongue. If you do not have the Holy Ghost and you've never been baptized in Jesus name, that is the deliverance you're looking for. Every hand lifted all over this house every hand lifted thank you thank you thank you lift your hands lift your hands lift your hands lord by your word and the love that i feel in this room right now the perfect love that casteth out all fear upon the authority of that word and the power that is in the only saving name of jesus christ right now i pray for the arrow of the lord's deliverance to be loosed in this house, to be loosed across this congregation right now. 
Let the arrow of the Lord's deliverance visit every heart, every mind, every home, every marriage, every situation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to begin to worship now. I want you to begin to lift your voice now and do not stop. Do not stop until you feel it break off of you in the name of Jesus Christ. That's it. Ministry, would you help me right now? Begin to work these altars.